This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hey there, this is Tom Jacobs. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. I'm on the web at tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and channel currently in Tucson, Arizona. And this show is all about synthesizing it looks like i think it looks like it's about synthesizing a bunch of stuff but it's really about using astrology as a symbolic language which most astrologers will agree with that a lot of them will you know they're the, the reading symbols but to use this symbolic language to help you understand life so i do this mostly on the individual level in readings and consultations and energy work with people and then on a show like tonight, I'm going to do a kind of general uh, overview of Jupiter transiting through Leo. It's there now, and it'll be there for a little over a year. And then also I'm going to look at a, the chart of a country in terms of a cultural thing, like a thread in the cultural consciousness that that's very well known. It's not like something I'm you know uh, dreaming up or making up. The, the Brazil's relationship with you know soccer, but really with their ability to win. And take pride in that. So we're going to look at that. Um, and uh, I'm really, I'm really excited about this show. I uh, the day before uh, Jupiter went into Leo yesterday, I had one moment uh, in which I felt, um, how do you say this? <laughs> I felt absurdly shiny and joyful. <laughs> I just there was this one moment where I realized that this interesting thing had found its way to me, and I felt unique and special, and it was amazing. And I was like, "Heavens, this must be you know what Jupiter and Leo can feel like." But I'm also going to tell you some realistic ways to understand that energy. We want Jupiter transits to be great. So when Jupiter's about to transit something, you know, some astrologer friend of yours will say, oh, no, that's going to be great because of blah, blah, blah. Jupiter is always great. And when it's about to change signs, a lot of astrologers will come out with, um, you know, not necessarily predictions, some will, but, but just kind of forecasts that paint this wonderful rosy light. And uh, I've I, trying not to be a downer about it, but I want to be realistic and grounded. So I'm going to explain to you what Jupiter transits are actually about and what to expect this year. Um, uh, some of you may think I'm kind of a downer that way. It's okay. I can deal with it. I am very Saturnian in my approach to Jupiter. <laughs> but uh, um, So I'm excited about that. And also this chart of Brazil. I'd never looked at Brazil's chart before, but I've been listening to uh, different uh, news stories, you know, over on the podcasts I listen to and the news shows, news uh, programs. And uh, over the last um, few uh, weeks, of course, the World Cup has been happening and Brazil hosted it. And so, of course, they're participating as well as hosting it. So there's all this stuff about the lead up to it and construction and, and getting the infrastructure and the facilities prepared and all that kind of pressure on this on this on this society and then the actual games themselves and, you know, uh, billions of people flock to Brazil, to all these major cities, to these venues for soccer, or most of you would say football. And, uh, and then they don't win, like they don't win, win, win. 
so anyway, so I've been hearing a lot of reports about the emotional impact and how invested Brazilians, uh, as a as a group, of course, not everybody, but but as a culture, seem to be invested in soccer. So I decided to look at the chart, and when I start talking about what's in there, you'll see exactly why they're so invested in this. So I'm looking forward to that. First, some uh, announcements. Um, if you're just listening live, know that you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. And so you can catch up on all the episodes. I think there are almost 90 shows at this point. Lots of different topics in almost two years. Um, and also this, uh, the, the show is available through Player FM and Stitcher as well. So you can check it out if those are things that you like to play with. Um, other announcements. Uh, last Monday on July 7th, I did the, uh, Transforming the Effects of Abuse channel and call 90 minute intense transformational transformative uh, meditation and grounding process and energy work from uh, Descendant Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron. It was really intense. When it was over, I just I felt great, but I sat here saying, whoa, that it's even cooler than the other ones. You can get that MP3 now. And uh, there are also two uh, reviews from people who are on the call, like feedback they sent to me about their experience, uh, which each of them feels uh, lighter afterward, which is really really, really uh, good and important. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> and related to that is the red brickiated jasper uh, crystals that I've charged. And uh, those are going out. Those are finding homes. Maybe a couple dozen at this point have uh, have found homes out of the 60 uh, in the first round. And um, I expected these to stir up a lot of emotional things in people, and they're actually not. They're actually allowing people to, at least from, from what I've heard from maybe, maybe eight or ten people who have received them so far out of those two dozen, they're bringing clarity to relationship issues. And, um, you know, all the stuff on my site seems um, directed toward healing the effects of abuse and healing sexual abuse and, and coming out of that victim-perpetrator paradigm and kind of letting go of the past. But also, it's not limited to that. I want to be really clear that um, uh, when you get one of the red stones, you may immediately realize that your friends, your partners, your family members' stuff is not yours. Like it immediately helps people see boundary issues, boundary problems, and to have the confidence to just not take on energies and emotions from other people. This is extremely important. Um, it's a great uh, second chakra uh, benefit that I'm really excited that these red stones are having. So you can check that out through tdjacobs.com. Also charged tiger iron pieces for grounding. This is all um, – this is, you know, it's it's all new since December to me, and I and I was at the shop the other day after a few weeks gone because I, you know, had a lot of I made a lot of uh, charged tiger iron, or made a lot of tiger iron pieces and then charged them, and then I made these um, sixty ish. It was actually seventy, but some were so pretty I had to keep some, and then I, you know, gave one to my mom and, and my girlfriend. So so about sixty are available, but I made about seventy all together, and um, they, well, then I took a few weeks off because then I charged them all. So I went back to the shop and was standing there cutting and polishing a new set of tiger iron pieces. And um, I just realized that I love it. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I responded to the Saturn transiting my son uh, last year with doing that. And now it's stationing on my son. Uh, you know, in a few days it'll be, it'll be direct. And, and I just realized that I've really uh, benefited. I've really gotten something wonderful out of 
doing that hard work, standing there for three hours at a time, you know, holding holding rocks against polishing grinding wheels and polishing wheels and and uh, attempting to make something pretty. You know, and uh, and then charging them. And I've just really gotten quite a lot out of it. So now I can offer you these two different charged crystals for grounding and for boundaries. And uh, so that those are all available. And um, and the thing that happened where I felt this 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 uh, shiny boon uh, was that I asked a, my uh, a gem a gem dealer, a rock dealer, who uh, that I know through the club through the um, Tucson uh, Laboratory Club. It's called the Old Pueblo, which is a nickname for Tucson, the Laboratory Club. And and I asked him to to get me some brecciated red jasper from India, which is what the first seventy pieces are. Like I had this seventeen pound piece, and I cut it up and got seventy pieces out of it. And so he brought me a few pounds of that. I'd asked him for fifteen pounds, and he brought about maybe five or six. But he brought me different options. He brought me some Cave Creek jasper, which is also red brecciated jasper, but from here in Arizona. And so I purchased some of that and started cutting that up. And then also this other thing that, that frankly, we can just call red jasper, but it doesn't have a special name. It's brocade red jasper, but it's very different. Uh, and so this, this basically he brought me like 12 or 13 pounds of it, and he had never cut into them before. He just found them about eight miles from where he lives out in the middle of nowhere, Arizona. I, I don't know if that is a zip code or not. Um, so he brought it in. Nobody has ever bought it before. I bought the first piece. I cut it open, and I was looking at this gorgeous thing I'd never seen before. He had never seen before. He's been doing this for decades because he never broke. He he just got some. He didn't uh, open it up yet. And I was looking at it, thinking this is going to be some of these cool charged stones eventually. And I just felt this is this. That's when this Jupiter and Leo was like, oh my god, this is much. Must be what it feels like, just feeling so entirely special to be the first person to have this stone. And to be able to do something with this stone. So, you know, it's not like there are 20 people running around Tucson who made belt buckles and, and uh, brooches already and earrings out of this stuff. Nobody's touched it. Like, I'm holding the first piece in my hand right now. So anyway, so that was that was very cool. So I'm stocked up on Red Jasper now, and I'm going to start the second round as people continue to uh, welcome uh, the, those from the first set into their homes. You can follow my blog I'll be, and Facebook. I'll be posting uh, some pictures now and then of the, of the, of the processes with the – with the the two new kinds of jasper, Cave Creek seems to be a little orangish in places, or to have orange mixed in, and then this other stuff is like pink, red, and a little gray and black, which is um which is very interesting. I actually posted a, a Facebook picture today of the of a little a little piece. That's evolutionary astrology and, and channeling with Tom Jacobs. You can uh, you can look me up there and follow me there. Okay, so we're coming to the end of uh, the announcements. I'm just excited about. Uh, I'm just excited about all that, having a, a new a new toy, which is a six-pound rock sitting on my desk. So, um, yeah, oh, so the other announcement is that uh, every day in August, uh, actually two event announcements, every day in August, channeling and energy work, 20 minutes a day, 6 p.m. Pacific, and uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. And that is, that is definitely on. It's going. Uh, I've announced it through my blog and uh, social media, and I will be announcing it to my email list soon. And uh, this is going to be a, a chance to every day uh, connect with Jehudi Metatron. We're going to call in your guides, and we're going to teach you in little increments every day how to clear energy from your field and how to focus on positive intentions and how to slowly change thought patterns by doing this every day. Now, not everybody who wants to do this can call in every day, but if you can, I'm encouraging you to do so. There's a, it's an honor and honor system. At the end of the month, 
you're going to pay for for all the days that you use. Like let's say you you called in ten times during the month, ten days out of the thirty one days. Then at the end of the month, you're going to uh, send me through PayPal or contact me to send me a check or something um, on a sliding scale five to ten bucks per day times ten. You're going to pick that number. And at the end of the month, you're going to send that in. So basically, I'm kind of paying it forward, uh, holding this space for for many people to call in and get this energy work. And then we'll we'll you know on you know at the end of August or beginning of September, we're going to talk about the accounting of it. And it's all on our system. I trust you. I'm happy to be able to do something like this. And I've been looking for ways to reach more and more people in really affordable ways. And and the sliding scale for consultations and energy work is part of that. And that was uh, instituted about two months ago. And so be aware that you can, you can do that. You can call me for a reading anywhere from 60 to 180 bucks. The rate was 180 and I opened it up so many more people can call me. Definitely do that. That includes solar return readings. That includes channeling, includes energy work and, um, and includes transit readings and, and birthday readings and all kinds of things. So, so, uh, this was one of the answers that just occurred to me. I could do this every day. I've been doing it now almost every day for over three weeks with my mom. And that's been an amazing experience, as I talked about, I believe, in detail last week on the show when I made the the official announcement that this thing is on. So that continues uh, with my mom almost daily. Um, we've missed a few days just because of her work schedule, um, but it's really helping her. She's much less reactive to everything. She doesn't get angry when other people are angry. When somebody you know, has a, ha, does something that really bothers her, she's able to have cords into the earth and know that everything's fine, which is amazing for my mom. I love her, but she's very reactive. And um, you can look at my Lilith moon together in my chart, and you can see that my mom is, you know, is very intense emotionally and very reactive. So, so anyway, so uh, that's continuing, and I'm, I'm, you know, she's kind of being my guinea pig in a way, uh, and it's it's really um, it's really wonderful to be able to do that for her. And she's helping me learn about how to do this. And I asked her for a small token thing. So there's an energy exchange, like a, f- a few bucks, literally. And she sent me a lot more than that as appreciation because this is really helping her. So, so she's been, she's been really, um, really great to, to try this on because I hadn't, I didn't know what it would, would be like to try to do this every day. Could I, you know, Tom Jacobs focus enough to do it? You know, could I open my heart that way every day, even if I'm having a bad day? You know, even if I have a busy, busy day, can I sit down for 20 minutes and in a focused way channel and do that energy work? And it turns out I can. So I'm really excited to be able to do this for, for you during August. There's no RSVP. And there's no need to email me and say, can I join? Just do it. <laughs> it um, in, my, in my blog, there's a link to a PDF with all the details and including I have published the call-in number and the code, the conference line number and the code. Uh, every day in August, I will start right at 6 p.m., right on 6 p.m., uh, so feel free to call in five, you know, three or five minutes early because I don't wait around. And I won't be, you know, all the callers will be muted, so it won't be like I'll be like, hey, is everybody here? No, just starting at 6, 6 p.m. So I really want you to do that. For those of you in Europe, I heard from one woman in the U.K. who said she was going to set her alarm uh, to, to get up to do it. And uh, she asked me if I was going to record it, and I don't think I am. But I will in a future month, maybe in a few months, I will do it so maybe at noon my time in the U.S. And so it will be like a late evening, uh, you know, uh, U.K. time. So I will do it at different times throughout the year. I, I suspect I'll do this every three or four months. 
and uh, you know just at a different time every day. So, so keep in touch uh, with all that if you have questions. But I think uh, the document the PDF I I uh, posted through my blog and Facebook is is pretty self-explanatory. So I'm going to take uh, the first break right now. Stick with me. This is Tom Jacobs. You're listening to the Soul's Journey on CTR. Positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck? Call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. Ever wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on Earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth and St. Germain, Explain soul, life, and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. Hi there. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And, and uh, in a moment, I'm going to talk about um, uh, uh, Jupiter and Leo and the chart of Brazil and uh, that culture's relationship with football or soccer. Um, but first, I actually realized that last week I had asked Jack if she is listening, uh, was at that time listening. Sorry, it's all simultaneous for me. So if she is listening, I had asked her to uh, to resend me her question because she asked me a question about Gen X and, and generational stuff. So she resent that, and um, and then I actually found the original note. So I want to do that for a couple of minutes because um, I love the generational questions. And what she asked is that um, she was wondering if it's only Gen X that has Pluto, Uranus, and Jupiter conjun- conjunction, and if it affects them as a generation. So, so, so um, Jack is actually born in 1969, and she's one of the people who has uh, Pluto, Uranus, and Jupiter together and near the south node, like conjure the south node. So, so the first thing is that Jupiter actually moves through a sign about a sign per year. 
So um, I looked up the dates on what people say Gen X is, and they're basically saying, well, after the baby boomers, like basically like 1965 to 1984. Sometimes you can correlate baby boomer stuff with Pluto and Leo. Uh, but since if it, if, if you're counting from 1964, of course that's, you know, six, seven years after, um, Pluto went into Virgo. So maybe that doesn't line up perfectly. Um, I was always thinking like when I, when I heard about, you know, obviously I was a, a kid in the seventies and eighties and, uh, well, obviously you don't know that, but, um, I can see myself there. So it seems obvious to me. And I, like I said, it's all simultaneous to me. Um, but uh, I, I always thought that like I wasn't a Gen X person. I always felt like those kids who were two, three, four years older than than I was were Gen X because I didn't really relate to what was said about what is said about them. But apparently, uh, if it's 1965 to 1984, then of course I'm in that. I was born in 72. Um, so the the Pluto Uranus Jupiter conjunction isn't generational, actually, Jack. That's that's actually for a few months that. That would have been in play, maybe up to half a year ish, uh, in 1969. So she was born in July of 1969. Um, but Pluto Uranus together, you should think of as kind of a generational thing because that is, um, that's an orb from 1962 or the conjunction within eight degrees from 1962 to 1968. So that's quite a lot number of people. And then when I work with generations, I tend to focus on Pluto generations uh, to help under- people understand certain things that, um, Groups of people at the soul level happen to have in common regarding their soul's intention. So like Pluto and Virgo, being of service, being useful, navigating, becoming empowered through uh, res- exploring responsibility, uh, that kind of thing. So I, w- I would say no is the answer to your question, but I really like that you're thinking about generational stuff because I love it. Um, Pluto Uranus together, you can think of it kind of a subgenerational thing. Pluto and Virgo, think of it as a subgenerational thing. Now, if, if, if anybody out there is thinking about this and, and would think, well, I'd love to know about Neptune generations. That's 14 years per sign. Uranus generations, uh, seven years per sign. If you can, if you can adapt your definition to generation, then you can see quite a lot of different kinds of trends. I know it's a huge difference, for example, with the people I work with who have Neptune and Sagittarius versus Neptune and Scorpio. Neptune and Scorpio would be like, up to like 1970, I think, and then um, and then Neptune and Sag after that. So, like my girlfriend, born in 1970, is late Scorpio. I'm 72, and I'm early Sagittarius. I see a huge difference in how our Neptunes work. So I do see a lot of merit in looking at those kinds of things. Um, but the Gen X thing from 65 to 84, I mean, 84 is when Pluto leaves Libra. And goes into Scorpio for 11 years. So, so there may be something about Virgo and Libra together. But, but anyway, I just wanted to touch on that question and um, let you know the answer is kind of no, but there's some interesting stuff in there anyway. So, Jack, thanks for writing twice with that question. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, so, I want to talk about Jupiter and Leo. I want to give you the overview, and um, I want to let you know that you're going to get the. Uh, overview here, but I for my subscribers to my monthly service, I give the full landscape of what's coming up during the month, including new moons, full moons, major ingresses like this, uh, uh, retrogrades, um, uh, information on the, the sun's trek through a sign and its major aspects, and also major aspect patterns. Like I did quite a lot of stuff on the Grand Cardinal Cross as it built the last few months and then perfected in April. 
and uh, and the Pudirana Square. So I do quite a lot of stuff. So I'm going to give you like five or six minutes here, and then you're you know pr- subscribers to tdjacobs.com are, are probably going to get like a half an hour or 40 minutes worth of, of really in-depth explanation. So you can subscribe uh, to that if you uh, if you subscribe um, uh, before the sun enters Leo, you'll just be on the list for Leo. If after the sun enters Leo, uh, then you know, let me know if you want it to be for the next month or the current month. We just have to have a little dialogue about that. So uh, the 16th, early today, uh, July 16th, 2014, Jupiter goes into Leo after a little over a year in the sign of Cancer. Uh, in the sign of Cancer, it's all about feelings, emotions, needs, family, belonging, acceptance, root chakra issues, and a lot of stuff about who we are in terms of the people we come from. Now, Jupiter has wanted us to expand in that way. But if you know, we can't accept the gift Jupiter offers if we're holding on to a bag of rocks. You know, Jupiter comes up and knocks on the door and says, hey, I have this great opportunity coming right now. And you're like, well, I was going to go, you know, wash my hair and maybe scrub the, the grout and the bath. And Jupiter's gone because Jupiter is about this opportunity right now. We think Jupiter is about all these wonderful things. It's the gift giver, the bringer of boons. It's, you know, the greater benefic, you know, is an ancient term for it. Um, and it is always offering wonderful things, but it does that constantly. Are we open to receiving something new? The, as my teacher C. Forrest would say, it asks you, where have you been underestimating yourself? In what way have you been underestimating yourself? Can you imagine something better? is one of the first things I heard him say about Jupiter transits, and I immediately wrote it in my notebook and started it twice because that is a, is a great way to approach Jupiter transits. It's trying to get you to expand. So as it went through cancer for over a year, you were supposed to expand through your heart, through your connections, through your family and your history. Well, expansion through your heart means you have to let go of what holds you back. So that's been a reality of Jupiter and Cancer. Think back to a year and two or three months ago. If there, you know, are you aware of astrologers saying stuff like family stuff would be great, emotional stuff would be wonderful, um, everyone would love their children. Like, like you, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm kind of being facetious, but I, I'd go back and look up what people say about Jupiter and Cancer, you know, over a year ago, and then evaluate what's happened for you. Over the last 13-ish months, <laughs> look at look realistically at what that is because I want you to have a realistic view of what Jupiter transits are about. There's a gift waiting. There's an opportunity there. You can seize a better vision of this thing, this way to do something or way to be, only if you let go of the old crappy thing that doesn't work. So that was a Cancer thing. Now starting today, Leo. Now Leo is about self-expression. It's about having an opinion. It's about taking up space. It's about laughter and joy. And all these things sound great. And I was talking to Kira, my producer, who said that, you know, she's, she's heard, you know, a lot of things about this Jupiter. Cause I, I told her on the break, I, I don't want to be a downer, but I'm going to probably be a downer about it because I don't think that you should just be irrationally exuberant about all Jupiter transits because you need something to look forward to. Like you just need something to be better later because you're not sure how to make it better now. So you want something to look forward to it. That's what I think is the deal with most people wanting, um, Jupiter transits to be good. It's like, well, I don't, I don't know how to change this thing now or I don't know how to deal with this thing that's unhappy. So let me just look forward. Let me have something to look forward to. And then, but again, do some, you know, realistic looking back at what's happened. Anyway, um, so Leo is about creative expression. It is about, you know, 
dancing, painting, singing, but really it's about the urge to express the self. I talk about it in different ways. One is that creative urge and that, that kind of joyful response to something. Like I feel, you know, feel stimulation and you respond creatively. You respond energetically, passionately to something. And that can be like, like I used to carry a notebook with me when I went to art museums because I would see a piece of art and I, my word function would be triggered. I would write like prose poetry in my notebook, like, like on the spot, just like inspired. And that's like a, that's like a Leo response. It's a solar response. But it's also in having an opinion, having a position, stating it, owning it, and being willing to be seen as a person who states that or has that position. So people who do Leo well are willing to be seen. You know, uh, sometimes there are you know stereotypes about Leo people being self-centered or something. But you know, everybody has a son, everybody has Leo, everybody has a fifth house. So it's really about we, we really need to find that middle ground of. You know, to know that our opinions matter. So, you know, to know that our voice and our unique contribution matters. Jupiter going into Leo says, you can stop. You can, if you're hereby officially invited to cease underestimating the importance of your contribution. Whether that's this charcoal, this set of charcoal drawings, this poem, you know, this opinion about what's happening in countries XYZ or whatever it is, your opinion, your, uh, you owning that you have something to say and being willing to be seen, being willing to take up space and to share oxygen with other people. And this is, you know, like to take up space in the room because sometimes when we're around other people, or if we are those people who have a really loud Leo self, we may um, feel that that the person who's doing the Leo thing is taking up all the oxygen in the room. Then we may find that we fall into that that person's shadow. So uh, taking up air, being willing to take up oxygen in the room is how I sometimes describe, you know, participating as a unique individual. Like if you go if you're at a you're at a party with friends, you're at over at a friend's house and there's six or eight people and you haven't met some of them, you, you know, you might not you might not be, you know, very outgoing right at first. You might want to get comfortable and um, but there might be somebody there who just kind of dominates the conversation in a joyful, playful, creative way and everybody loves it and, and that that's fine. But don't if if we can let ourselves fall into the shadows of, of Leonine or solar people, people who are willing to take up space, they're willing to share their joy. And and Leo, the other thing is celebration. So being willing to celebrate who you are and what your contribution is. Um, you know, it, that's what Jupiter and Leo is going to inspire. But if you have blocks to that, Jupiter and Leo will make it loud because you will you will feel. I could speak up now. And really share my thought, and it would feel really good to do so, but you might not do it, and that pressure will get bigger. So Jupiter is saying that for the whole next year, are you willing to expand through your unique self, your unique contribution, your opinion? For some people, if the lid has been on and the lid gets taken off, it might seem too much, might seem egotistical or arrogant, but you need to find a middle ground. If that if that uh, Leonian part of you has been starved, you know, has been uh, um, uh, hypoxic and like you know starving and like locked in a little cage under a room in a cement building, you know, like if 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 that's true, and then you take the lid off and this part goes crazy, just get grounded, send cords into the earth, and think about 
how important it is to honor who you are and, you know, and what you have to say and give yourself permission to be big, to be real and to find out how big is healthy. That's really important here. But un- ceasing to underestimate yourself in terms of, of what you have to offer is big. So, you know, Fred, what do you think about what's happening in, uh, country X, Y, or Z? And if you have an opinion, Fred, own it. And you get to say it. And Jupiter wants you to risk, it's another Jupiter keyword, to risk finding out that people care about your opinion and position. So that's kind of, that's kind of the overview. I think it's, uh, I think it's really fascinating. I, um, uh, I, I and, the, and the thing about feeling special, like I mentioned with that rock, like I'm, you know, I'm talking about it in terms of a rock because I have Saturn stationing on my second house sun. So, you know, so there's like a tool, an object, a rock. Uh, but I felt incredible because nobody, until I saw this, the only guy who had seen it is a guy who cut it, who, who pulled it out of the ground, who picked it up out in the middle of, you know, eight years from the middle of nowhere, Arizona. Nobody had ever used it before. And I just was like, whoa. And so there's that feeling of being special, that being special. So uh, so Jupiter and Leo is great. Flow with it and be willing to overcome resistance to uh, to having an opinion and, and, and self-expressing. That's a really big part of it. So um, full story will be in a video for my subscribers to ttjacobs.com. And uh, there's a ton of info that you get every month with that subscription service. And you can read what a couple of people have said on the subscription page on ttjacobs.com. Uh, and also there's a channel meditation every month and a monthly call to pick my brain about any topic that doesn't require me to look at your chart. And people have really enjoyed that. And uh, so anyway, so... So uh, thanks for your thanks for your time with that. I, I love doing the subscription thing too. I started that in December, about the same time I started the rocks, uh, because uh, Saturn and my son. How can I structure my work more in the second house? How can I you know structure all that? So let's kind of ease into uh, before the second break. We're going to ease into talking about Brazil's chart, and uh, I want to give you the, the the data for this chart. September seventh, eighteen twenty two. 4.47 p.m. in Iparanga, I-P-I-R-A-N-G-A, Brazil. Uh, you should get a zero Pisces rising uh, and a zero Sag Midheaven. Um, I found a couple of different things for this day. This is when Brazil declares independence from Portugal. Well, whenever you're looking up the chart of a country, you're going to see a bunch of different possible charts. Like, you know, I was doing uh, when I was looking at the UK chart for talking about Nessus and Jimmy Savile and Rolf Harris a few weeks ago. There were different charts, and including one person who used exclusively the uh, 1066 uh, for the, the Norman invasion. And so, you know, but then the chart I used was 1822 when Ireland joined uh, Scotland and, and England. There were already you know, united to make the United Kingdom, these three countries. Uh, so anyway, you have all these different options, and this is when uh, Brazil declares independence from Portugal. Um, so I think another chart had been 4.35 or 4.34 p.m., but then um, I found a note that I'm willing to trust, willing to just kind of trust this without tons of research, that um, there's, there are a number of Brazilian astrologers who opt for 4.47 because the country seems more like a Pisces rising uh, than an Aquarius rising, and I will, cer- I will certainly buy that. And they have their other reasons, too, about the timing of the person who signed a document and arriving, blah, blah, blah. So you can look all that up. But um, uh, basically, uh, what I want to get into is uh, this culture's relationship with this sport. Now, now over, you know, in some of these news stories, I've been hearing people talk about uh, 
you know, uh, Brazilian relationship with soccer, they say sometimes, you know, some Brazilians may not feel that the country does that many things well, but it does soccer, it does football really well. And so that kind of makes sense. And, um, you know, Brazil doesn't have to be a world power. Brazil doesn't have to be, you know, the, the main economic powerhouse. It doesn't have to be a nuclear nation, like all these things. Um, but to do this one thing well is really, really important. So I'm going to explain more about that when I get back. This is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey. Stick with me. I'll be right back. wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth and St. Germain, explains soul, life, and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. When you've thought positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck, call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And tonight, uh, covered Jupiter and Leo earlier, and now I'm talking about uh, Brazil's chart and this cultural uh, thing with soccer. So um, Brazil, if you're looking at the chart now, I'm going to repeat the data for you. September 7th, 1822, 4.47 p.m. in Ipiranga, Brazil. So I-P-I-R-A-N-G-A. There were several, by the way, in there, and I chose the one that was had Rio de Janeiro in parentheses. There were five that were spelled that way, which I thought was kind of crazy, but it's a big country. Um, so, you know, zero 
Pisces rising, you know, zero Sagittarius midheaven. Uh, most people, when they look at a chart, will go straight to sun, moon rising and kind of look at that. Some people will see, oh, all the angles are at zero, so that must be important. Uh, young or, you know, something like that, like a, a, an evolving nation. What I do is I look at the nodes and I look at Pluto. And to look at um, what kind of thing is this culture, this collective, trying to figure out how to do together. And uh, Pluto is at zero Aries. It's retrograde in the second house, conjunct Chiron, retrograde in the second house as well. So this is um, this is the this is what I want to talk about with this with this stuff, and also the south and the sixth. I'll get to in a minute. Um, Pluto. You know, in the chart of an individual, I would say, has to do with the empowerment journey this, this person will go on over multiple lives. With a nation, I would say that, you know, made up of millions and perhaps billions of people at different nations you look at, uh, the chart of a nation will describe how this, how this uh, collective is going to be empowered or explores empowerment. In the second house, it's about skills. It's about value system and what's important, but really it's about skills and how do we feel about ourselves. How can I feel about myself? How can we feel good about ourselves? It's in Aries. So the need to prove something is here. That's the overlap of Aries in the second house. Everybody with Pluto in the second or every country, I would say, needs to prove something. And that's just a feature of the second house. And uh, that's something I also get from Steve Force. He gets two, uh, two uh, props uh, this hour uh, for, for nuggets of, of wisdom he's sh- he shared. Uh, in workshops that have uh, written down and starred several times. Um, but Pluto and Aries in the second is the need for this culture to prove something through winning. Aries. Pluto and Aries. It's retrograde, so that needs to be rethought. So when we see a retrograde planet in an individual's birth chart, uh, we should assume that that needs to be rethought. Same with a culture or with a country. With Chiron, Chiron is about a wound. <laughs> Chiron is about uh, a vulnerability. And here we have great skill, great uh, you know uh, play, great soccer, and they're very good at it. But when they win, they're gonna take it way too seriously because of this Pluto Chiron conjunction in the house of self-esteem. They're gonna they're gonna make way too much when they win, much of it, and they're gonna make way too much of it when they lose. So. You know, in this particular time when they um, uh, were uh, beaten, uh, how do you say this? When they lost, I don't, you know, whatever. This is why I don't get into sports because, like, we won, we lost, like, whatever. But anyway, when the game that they lost that took them out of contention uh, for the for the final prize was to Germany, um, which is a very strong team as well, and uh, they lost seven zero. So if it had been 1-0 or 2-1 or 2-0, it maybe would have been less impactful. I would have maybe heard this last week less wailing on the radio of people who were devastated by this loss, people in Brazil speaking through translators often, talking about how this has affected them and how embarrassed they are as a culture, especially since they hosted the games. Um, but, but Pluto Chiron in the second can put a tremendous amount of emphasis on – the winner, the lose. I and what I'm getting at is the cultural uh, thing has been banking its ability to feel good about itself, this group's ability to feel good about themselves, on whether they win a game. Well, when you go in, and this is also international high stakes sports. Like it's not like um, these these kids on you know this pitch or this field in this neighborhood. This is like 
the World Cup. This is, you know, like, like the most popular sporting event on the planet that happens every four years. So it's a big deal, but you know that on, in smaller ways, people are really banking on whether they win or lose. And you can use, you know, the desire to excel anybody can use a desire to excel to drive improvement. And that's a put on the second thing too. I need to be, I need to be on top of my skills. I need to be good at things. Um, I need to have the right skills. I need to do them in the correct way. I need to focus on them. And that's a put on the second kind of thing, focusing on what's really important. Um, but if you bank your self-esteem on a win-lose contest, right, a zero-sum game, where somebody, I mean, zero-sum games, you know, fill life. Life is full of them. So if you bank it on that, then you're risking, you know, losing your self-esteem. I was thinking about this this week. Uh, I was thinking about it the whole time because there's also a lot of um, stuff in the news, you know, comments about Brazil preparing for the World Cup over a number of years because this happens, you know, they 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 win the opportunity to host you know, a decade perhaps before, but a number of years before, maybe even 15 years. I don't, I don't know how that lead time is, but it's a long time, similar to the Olympics, because there's a lot of infrastructure, a lot of planning that has to happen. You know, stadiums have to be built and, and transportation, you know, all these things have to happen. So towards the very end of this, um, you notice that, uh, uh, Brazil's Saturn is at nine Taurus in the third house. Um, at the end of it, Transiting Saturn is opposing it, so they're having a Saturn opposition towards the, the you know the last year year and a half of of this this preparation time. So from the ninth, international attention on what they're doing and how they're building things and how it's working out. And that Saturn uh, in the in the country's chart is square the south, sixth house south node. So there can be a question of are we structured enough in general that runs throughout this culture? Are we doing it well enough? So. So I was thinking a lot about it in terms of that, and then I started the intuitive skills development class um, last week. We had week one out of week uh, the ten weeks, and I was telling them about how this coming week is root chakra week. So like the first week was introduction. Now this next week we're going to talk about root chakra issues. So I've been really aware that I was going to be attuned to some root chakra things, but I didn't really catch this thing about Brazil until like yesterday when I realized I was going to do a show on it and how it fit perfectly with the week of becoming aware of culture, clan, community, roots, and all that stuff with the root chakra. Um, but but uh, this Pluto Chiron thing in the second house, if you tie your self-esteem to a zero-sum game, at least half the time you're going to lose. Approximately half the time you're going to lose. With something like this, it's an Aries. The stakes get very high. Both these planets are retrograde. You need to rethink what it means to be empowered. But as I was thinking about this and tying it together with this, I, I use the text Anatomy of the Spirit for this intuitive skills class by Carolyn Mace, spelled M-Y-S-S. And, um, and one of the things she talks about is um, the collective consciousness. Like, like she was talking about the effects of the, Depre- the Great Depression in the U.S. Um, and how polio, which is a root chakra issue, root chakra disease, um, affected so many people as the country was feeling the effects of disempowerment because of the Great Depression. Then she was talking about manifesting shame about sexuality in the 80s with the the rise in the epidemic of uh, HIV slash AIDS. So, you know, so all these root chakra immunity issues that cultures can have. And I was, what I realized is that if 
and I don't do this to, to be a doomsday person or to be critical or kind of like say something terrible is going to happen. I don't have any predictions. But if Brazil as a culture doesn't figure out a different way to approach winning and losing, there could be some root chakra immunity widespread effects. So essentially just check in with this in 10 years. Check, check in with me in 10 years and, and let's talk about Brazil because I, um, I just, I, you know, my heart goes out to people who feel devastated because they, you know, didn't win the World Cup. Well, um, I think 32, yeah, 32 teams made the cut and entered and 31 teams don't win. So going to the World Cup, even if you're fantastic, uh, football country, which Brazil is, it doesn't mean you're the best. Can you be happy being? Can you be happy excelling with Pluto in the Pluto Carmen in the second? Can you be happy being really good at it? Can you bank your self esteem on how hard you have worked? Can you build your self esteem based on that instead of tying it to a particular outcome of a zero sum game? And you know, like I said, if it were one zero, if Germany had won with one goal. You know, would it have been different? It probably would have. But see, that is actually really worth looking at. 7-0. Does that mean that instead of just losing the game, you are capital L losers? I think that's what's happening. The defeat was so awful that for people, I was hearing somebody say something like on the radio through a translator, what am I going to tell my grandchildren? We're all so embarrassed. We're so shamed. And it's not even that they hosted the games. It's just that they lost in such a way, you know, it's a seven seven zero, which is which is quite a high uh, score in, in football. So, so anyway, um, as you're listening to me, I just want to be clear: I'm not an expert on Brazil or football slash soccer, but I've just been listening to these radio things and doing a little research and really thinking about the the cultural implications of banking your ability to love yourself on the outcome of a contest, whether it's uh, I'm one of 32 job applicants, <laughs> you know, uh, whether it's um, we want to get those games to our country, you know, one of 15 countries in the running for an Olympics or a World Cup or something, or whether it's actually participating in the contest. Um, you know, from just my brain, just my linear logical mind, listening to some of these reports, I'm thinking, that is ridiculous. But then I try to put myself in their shoes. I try to have compassion. And, um, you know, people in America and the U.S. don't understand any country's obsession with soccer, <laughs> you know, or it, we don't get that because um, it's still growing here. Uh, we have our own, you know, uh, we have our own sports, whatever. I don't keep up with any sports, by the way. Uh, drum, drum and bugle corps is a sport I keep up with every summer. I have much less attention for everything else because of drum corps. <laughs> so, so that's the one I follow, and it's basically athletic musicians is basically if you if you haven't uh heard about it or you think it's like marching band it's not it's 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 beyond and it's uh it's really spectacular um you know highly conditioned athletes playing beautiful music on a field as they move incredibly quickly and and deftly anyway that appeals to all of the planets and all my whole entire chart venus and libra on the ascendant and neptune moon and mercury um so anyway i don't but then nobody else understands my obsession with drum corps you know but it's, so it's okay but anyway when i was listening to these news reports i was like really you're embarrassed because your country lost a soccer game and of course it is the mother of all soccer games but you know, anyway, so, but, but then I did some research and looked at the chart and saw this and, and, and I'm able to have compassion, you know, had to have compassion for this. Um, there was a, another thing in the chart, um, 
uh, retrograde, and this is in the, the country chart, retrograde Uranus, retrograde Neptune in early Capricorn in the 11th, square that Pluto and Chiron conjunction. And what, um, what that's going to do is, you know, the, the 11th is society or groups, and that's going to make um, the culture very sensitive, at, you know, in general as a whole, very sensitive to critique and criticism. So not only do you have this thing about self-esteem being potentially very wounded or having kind of an underlying wounding and needing to really find a way to be strong and to assert that one can prove oneself, in this case through this one um, sport that's that's chosen because they're very good at it, so it kind of took this place, you know, not feeling very good at certain things but really good at this. But then there's this thing about, um, you know, things coming from the side, pressure and criticism about what about what uh, they are worth or what uh, they should feel good about. So there are tons of things that Brazilians as a culture have to feel good about. There are, t- there are wonderful qualities in every group of people. Uh, you know, anyway, so music, art, culture, there are all kinds of things. But if they don't figure out a way to have self-esteem and to feel good about themselves outside the outcome of a particular zero-sum contests, um, then they're not going to be strong. Like you're not, you know, let's say that they win the next 20 World Cups. Then they're going to think they're wonderful. Well, they need to think they're wonderful without even getting to the World Cup yet. They need to make that decision first and then accept the outcome of games. So anyway, so anyway, those are my thoughts on, on the Brazil thing. I just wanted to explore that. I hope that was, uh, was helpful for you. Um, so I want to wrap up with some with some announcements with just a couple of minutes left. Every day in August, energy work. Every day in August on the phone, 20 minutes. It's just 20 minutes, but it's 20 minutes every day, which will add up. Um, I'm still doing this with my mom. We're over three weeks into it. It's fantastic. She's noticing all these great changes, and I want you to have uh, those things too. Essentially, on the call, I'll just be combining everybody together in one group, everybody who gives permission to receive energy work, and the Metatron and Jehudi will come in and we will shift things and change things. We'll ask you to make certain decisions, giving you certain affirmations to work with, and we'll be kind of reading everybody who's on the call. So let's say that like, you know, let's say that 50 people call in and 30% of them have this heart fourth chakra issue. Something in there will be said about that. Even if only 10% of them have that, it may be said. So we're going to cover a lot of different ground. Some days will be uh, the same words over and over again, but different energy work. Some of it will be the same over and over again, but you're going to strengthen your field, increase your immunity uh, through this, and I'm really excited about this. And the, la- the other thing is if you're in Tucson, be in touch with me because on Sunday the 27th, I'm doing an in-person energy emotion clearing event. And I'm really excited about that. It's going to be for a small group at a, at a local place. So uh, you can keep up with me at tdjacobs.com. Rate and review this podcast and 15 books. And thank you for your time and attention. I'll talk to you live again next week. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.